0: what's up everybody welcome in welcome in welcome in chat 10 sports uh everybody's here roll call chase blake tell us how we doing tonight
1: fabulous my friend
0: fabulous man they're doing good we're almost at another friday that's right baby and i more good lord herb goni coming off the top rope we know what time it is oh
1: it's Bama hate Um, week
0: my friend and we got Blake, our guy, sh- the shoemaker is in the house. And we got the Bama fan representation up in here. And obviously, Tennessee fans. I'm going to tell you a quick story real quick, because we were just talking about it before air, and it's probably airworthy, or at least for our standards at this point in time. Um, yeah. but we, we're here, boys and girls. We're here to talk about everything this enormous weekend in Knoxville, Tennessee. Obviously, everyone's coming game day. Uh, Chase, just give me like a nutshell. Like, do you, what are you feeling as far as energy right now with? Bama coming to Newland.
1: So I was literally thinking yeah. about this on the car ride, right in. Listen to Trey Wallace and uh, Eric Kaner on, um, on Locked on Vols. <laughs> and Trey Wallace made maybe the most perfect analogy. He said, If the Vols win, it's going to feel like Woodstock 99
0: in Knoxville. There's <laughs> people, Fred Durst <laughs> is going to come out and start burning some stuff down. I yes. mean, Rage yeah.
1: Against Machines is coming out. Like, it's going to be nasty. Davis even commented when he said, we're going back. He's like, dude, it's going to be a Florida atmosphere. Mm -hmm. This, this fan base is so hungry and Bama fans know it. They're like, they're so you can call it desperate if you're on their side, or you can call it hungry. If you're on our side, it's perfect. This atmosphere is going to be nuts on any side of the fan base. Like it's the third side of the October feeling is actually back for the first time. Legit this millennium.
0: Yeah. Well, Blake, I'll get your opinions as far as the Alabama side of it. I do want to tell my story real quick just to give us a little bit of an icebreaker here because a couple weeks ago, and it's been enough time where it's like, "Ah, you take a breath, but I I was asking Blake, I was like, did I tell you I actually saved a guy? Because on a lunch break a couple weeks ago, went out, ran an errand, and went to a place that I, I go frequently here in Chattanooga. And all of a sudden, big commotion at the door that went out to a patio that was an outdoor area. And there was a man that was having some type of medical issue and his arm was shaking. So I'm thinking he's having some type of seizure. And just keep in mind, like I've I've worked at the YMCA in a different life, like after college or after high school for a little bit. Had some training as far as CPR, but noticed this guy I went over there to him. He was sitting down um, and all of a sudden he's he's still shaking. And I'm like talking to him. I was like, can you hear me? Are you? And he's talking to me straight on like, I'm fine. He says, I'm fine. And all of a sudden, he had this reaction where his body kind of went tense. And I was like, Here we go. So I literally just went into like, I'd say dad mode of just like, This guy's not, we're not going, (laughs) we're not going to the light today. Uh, So I literally picked him up. You know, he actually, I was trying to get his pulse, trying to get a heartbeat, everything like that. And the guy was, I was like, This guy's about to pass. Uh, Got, you know, four or five compressions and he took a huge breath in and, Everybody just literally was like just so tense, emotional and went back to my day and I was like, I just saved a man's life. His wife was there and it was just one of those moments in time where it was like, that just happened, documented and there you go. Chat 10 Sports now knows that. Uh, yeah, crazy, crazy day, but just that's the the opener for the story for today. So Wow. Did you want to piggyback? Because I did that. No, it, like-
2: it's so funny that you mentioned that because I just read a story on Facebook earlier today. And I know this is legit because this is somebody I went to pharmacy school with. So somebody who I went to pharmacy school with lives in Tennessee now, uh, originally from this area, had gone on vacation down to Florida mm-hmm. and was on their way back home, I think, either over last weekend or early this week. And we're somewhere in the middle of nowhere. I don't know if it was, uh, I would guess, probably either in Alabama or Georgia, either one, but got a nail in their tire, blew the tire out, got stranded. So they ended up having to spend an extra day on the road that they weren't planning on. So they they get settled. They go somewhere to eat. And they're at their meal or whatever. And all of a sudden, commotion. And there's somebody at another table choking. Hmm. And my classmate jumps up and runs over because, you know, you're looking for the signal that, you know, they're choking that that is in fact what's going on before you full on Heimlich because that can cause more harm than good and not done right. in the wrong situation. But clearly that's what was going on. She gave him the Heimlich took like three tries and she saved that person's life. And would you believe that person that she saved their life? It was Patty LaBelle. What? Really? That's right. How? And I'm like, seriously? But she has a picture with Patty LaBelle, Patty giving the thumbs up and like gave her,
0: like
2: like gave her (laughs) concert tickets and everything, like was super sweet. Everything. I'm like, of all the things that get you in the right place at the right time, like everything happens for a reason, but she would not have been there had not that nail not hit the tire but no doubt. That's it's wow. so funny i guess there's a lot of that going on these
0: well I'm, yeah i've seen and heard some crazy things in the last few weeks but uh let's jump in here guys and girls cuz yeah tons and tons to talk to we're already what 5 minutes in uh Tennessee Alabama this week and we're going to talk some Tennessee Titans going to talk some NFL see what's going on with the Tennessee Titans as far as Trade rumors, conversations we could get into there. But, fellas, let's just let's just go. Everybody, if you're watching the show with us, please share the show wherever you're watching, Facebook, YouTube. Throw a link to a friend on Twitter. Retweet if you don't mind for us. But share your thoughts and opinions with us because there's a ton to talk about and there's a lot to get into quickly. So I want to start with this question. It's not necessarily on our outline, but just to get y'all's thoughts and opinions. how How much does Bryce Young's ability to play even if he's not 100%, how much does that impact the outcome of this game for you guys individually? And again, for you guys watching, Blake Shoemaker, producer with us, Chat 10 Sports contributor as well, but resident Alabama fan here. And then, of course, you know, Chase Green, uh, our our big big orange man. But, guys, give me your thoughts because I am stoked for this weekend. Well, I have to say, after watching last
2: week's game against Texas A&M, that if Bryce Young cannot go this weekend in some capacity – it is going to be trouble. It may still be trouble, even if he's able to go. Mm-hmm. But watching Milro try last week against Texas A&M and turn the ball over three times in the first half, that ain't it. That's not going to get it done. It almost didn't get it done against Texas A&M, and it's certainly not going to get it done against uh, the best Tennessee team we've seen in quite some time. Um, I, I'm I know that Saban is playing it close to the chest. It, they did say that late in the Texas AM game, Bryce was asking to go into the game. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is one of those classic Saban situations where even though we feel like he's going to play, he's gonna play that close to the chest. So that you know, UT is gonna to have to plan for both quarterbacks because they both bring completely different things to the table. Um yeah. Milro what Milrow lacks in passing, he makes up for in speed and elusiveness and breaking the pocket and taking off down the field. Whereas Bryce Young is not going to run unless you just absolutely force him to, but he hates doing it. But he he's the big arm threat down the field. So it's going to be really interesting to see. But as far as your question, is it going to impact the game? I think it's the biggest factor in the game, if whether or not he plays.
0: Yeah. What about you, Chase?
1: Uh, It's huge because Milrow really plays in the hands of Tennessee's run defense. In a way, uh, Milro can hurt you in different ways because they, it's not the same thing. I don't want to compare him to the same guy, but Jalen hurts his freshman year came in and lit Tennessee up. Um, and he's just a one read run guy. That's all he was back then. Mm -hmm. Clearly he's go on to become much more than that with this dominant Philadelphia Eagles team, but But. he is very similar freshman year, super athlete, but Milro was super nervous last week. Super nervous. And that was, you know, you know how it was, Blake. For you guys, it felt like the biggest game of the year, the, the shit talk that was going on between coaches and all that stuff, all the preseason media, like it added to it. And those are two dudes with a lot of ego on the sidelines. And yeah. I think that that's going to, that made a huge difference on this game, the impact of these guys like ready to go. And I think that that pressure, like it would have gotten to any of us, made him very nervous for his first real start. And. I don't know. There's parts of me that I think Milrow has some good talent, but Bryce makes a huge difference. If he's healthy. Uh, I still think they can't let Tennessee get out in front, but Bryce is a huge difference maker because if you want to get to Tennessee and you want to beat Tennessee, you can throw all over them. And that is where Bryce Young excels. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks to ever, if ever come through Alabama. And, uh, he would have a field day, even with some moderate receivers comparatively for Alabama standards on Saturday. And so if they really want to win, I think they have to have Rice. to
0: be honest with you. Mm -hmm. My my, my biggest thought that we talked about Monday was the run game against LSU, obviously watching them just kind of, you know, turn it, let let it kind of just go and go and go. And it seemed like for some of that game, it was like all we're seeing is Tennessee's defense. Obviously a whole different – you know, chess board and everything with Alabama coming to town, obviously home field advantage. I I do feel there's a ton of pressure on Alabama given the Texas game, Texas Longhorns and then A&M. It's like, you know, it's just like, okay, how human is this team for Alabama that, you know, even Paul Feinbaum's out there saying this, this team looks to have slipped a little bit and, I mean, is yeah. Kirby, is Kirby doing this thing like where he's taken that much town or, I mean, what do you think it is Blake, as far as causing, because I haven't watched a ton of Alabama this year, just given everything that the Vols have had going. Um, but nobody really knew the, the narrative would be us talking about Tennessee potentially beating Alabama this weekend. So what are the issues for the, for the Crimson Tide, especially in an atmosphere like Neyland when you he got Hendon Hooker is throwing well, as well as he can. And, and as he has been, uh, being a longtime
2: Alabama fan, and I think it's uh, that's a big distinction because there's so many, just like anybody. I mean, there are people on the Tennessee bandwagon right now who have sworn off Tennessee football they would never watch another game yeah. Yeah. until things go better. I know there are a lot of Alabama fans that fall in that boat, and trust you, me, I'm not one of those people. <laughs> I live through Coach Fran, I live through Coach Shula, I live through the five minutes that Mike Price work there before he got arrested to drunk at a strip club. Um, it, it, it was a nice strip club. gentlemen's Club. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. The Pink Pony. Uh, wouldn't know anything about it. But anyway, um, you know, it, good times and bad. But I know the saying is that Alabama doesn't rebuild, they reload. And you will notice as they go through this cycle of graduating a big class of weapons, there's always people behind to fill in. But sometimes there's a little bit of lag time. And if you catch them at the right time, I mean, think about who these wide receivers that Alabama has graduated over the past few years. Oh can God. you tell Can you tell me the name of a single Alabama wide receiver right now? No. You, you don't know them now. You don't know no. them now. You'll eventually know them.
1: In two years, you'll know who they are.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And it'll but, be well. one of these cases where they're all getting drafted inevitably by somebody. But mm-hmm. I think it's one of those cases where we're just in that, right. not really rebuilding that reloading phase. Yeah, And I think that's the biggest thing. I don't think that there's anything wrong with the team, per se. I just think it's a lot of young talent. Yeah, And I think it's
0: just going to take time. Yeah. I mean, to be sitting at number three right now, it's obviously – Yeah. Especially after the rough, kind of bumpy start. And, I mean, if that's what it is, and I haven't looked at Bama's schedule in depth to see what they have coming up after this week. But, um, yeah, I mean, they've gotten here kind of maybe limping through, but at the same time, that's that's college football. But, Chase, how are you feeling as far as just – Obviously, we've talked to issues with defense and how Alabama has the ability to probably pick and choose where they would want to attack and have some level of, of success. But what's your biggest concern going into Saturday?
1: Uh, well, Craig's story, not concern. Uh, Craig and I will actually be in a wedding. Um, we love you, Jay. We really love you, J.J., but this is one of those that it's going to be really hard to forgive, even though he does have a really good backstory of why he's doing it. It makes sense, I'll be honest. But it's still – Tough, but it's gonna be a five o'clock ceremony, so we're hoping we're hitting halftime. Anyways, you guys don't need to know all that. But anyways, uh, I'm not as confident as Craig, but I'll tell you the big thing that worries me. Uh, is that that's what you asked, right?
0: Oh, yeah, biggest concern. Yeah.
1: Biggest concern. Gibbs out of the backfield. Um, Gibbs has been the best overall running back in the in the country to from what I've seen. Uh, yeah. I've been on a lot of college football, your boy stays up way too late on Saturday. <laughs> Got multiple TVs going on. I watch way too beautiful long. sight. Got to see it it's myself. Sight. Yeah, we had the monster TV last week. Anyways, he is going to be so hard to guard out of the backfield, and our linebackers just aren't going to be able to cover him. Because uh, mm-hmm. then, now with McCullough gone, probably for the weekend, I know that's he's not been the greatest player of all time. But there's not a lot of depth in the secondary, clearly for Tennessee. So now you're having to shift over another guy. Now you have to shift over like a single high safety to help out on Gibbs. Because if he runs a whirlwind, out, dude, he's going to eat Tennessee alive. And you get him out in space, he's going to take advantage. Like I I think we got some pretty good linebackers, but he's the kind of guy that causes mismatches for any linebacker in the country. And as much as we talked about how these wide receivers aren't what they usually are, think about the comparisons you're making to the top, guys in that in that class in the last three or four years with Smith, Heisman winner, you've got Ruggs. And I mean, all these guys are just so good, man. Mm-hmm. These guys aren't those guys, but they're on their way and they're st- probably still pretty good, and Tennessee can make you look like you're a top-tier wide receiver class. And I just worry for me that we're going to have to focus so much if Bryce plays that you're going to get some mismatches with Gibbs and he legit like could have 300 total yards on us. Yeah. And that would be a disaster because the thing about Tennessee is they can score with you, but and they can outscore you in any ways. But if you're really giving up points to that guy,
0: yeah. Godspeed, my friends. Sounds like you're plugging one hole and another one pops out and you're just trying to get it all going. It's going
1: to be be so tough, man. I'm sure Blake can attest, like you've seen Gibbs play all year.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And,
2: And from the Alabama side, as far as like our biggest concern, There are several. Um, This is something we're not used to seeing with the Tennessee team. Um, The Vols are using 21.3 seconds per snap on offense, which is fifth in FBS. First in score rate, first in yards per game, first in points per game. There's a lot to be afraid of here. It's going to be interesting to see because Alabama's defense is in the top 10 and stopping all of those categories. So this is going to be a – this reminds me of the game of the century between Alabama and LSU the first time around. And the first time around, LSU got the better. And then the rematch, Alabama got them back. So, I mean, it's setting up to be one of the best games we've ever seen. But what I'm scared of, more than anything, Tennessee almost exclusively runs three three wide receivers a running back in a tight end set. And they're not just running traditional sets. They're setting them wide to yeah. isolate those receivers. And the Tennessee's quarterback has a cannon for an arm. So mm-hmm. he's going to try to isolate these matchups. And in addition to that, well it's like well let's just get to the quarterback. Well Tennessee's defense is only allowing pressure on 16% of the snaps, mm-hmm. which is second in FBS. So Tennessee's got a lot of pieces here going on and if if we've seen anything about Alabama, think about the games that you've seen Alabama lose. What do they have in common? Mobile quarterback, run pass option, tempo. And that good- that's that's yeah, I mean let's think about it. Johnny Football. The the old Miss loss. It, it was quarterbacks who could shift around and make things happen. Mm -hmm. And that, I believe, is what's setting up here. And, you know, on the other side, when you're trying to stop Tennessee, I mean, my goodness, Tennessee has had 17 goal-to-go situations this year, and they have scored touchdowns on every one of them. They're 17 for 17 in the red zone in goal-to-go. So there's plenty to be – there are some things that are going to have to go really well for Alabama to stay in this game. And I know that there's a lot of pressure on Alabama, but I know with the history, with you guys, there's got to be a lot of pressure on you guys too. About yeah. what what if we somehow screw this up? You know? Yeah. This
1: is your this feels like it's not your one shot because you do feel like but with when you have a guy like Hendon, it really amplifies that. Like this is his last year. This is this is your chance. You have a Heisman hopeful, he's turnoverless, and that's that's another big concern for me. Herb put it down here. And this is I'm gonna actually get to this. I have a theory on this. Cause Samson missed a huge block, and that's the one. Hooker fumbled on because he just totally whiffed on a pass block and let let that defensive end come in there and just freaking rake over and just having to peel Hooker off the ground. Yeah. Basically after that sack and cause that fumble. Luckily, Samson picked it up, made it for the ugliest one yard run of all time. But it worked. But if you miss that, then if you don't when him him missing that caused possible injury and it did, but it didn't. It didn't. So my theory is here, I was talking to this my little brother on the way here, him missing that pass rush last week was like a lesson learner. And now it's amplified because if you miss, if you miss on this Alabama front, that's not a – Samson's not picking that up. Yeah. You have the best defensive end, probably the best football player on the other side in Alabama. And if you cause that fumble for them, that's taken to the house probably the other way. Yeah. So my, that might have been one of those weird you needed a bad lesson that week before to amplify to make sure it's a good lesson this week. So them picking up on these on these Ed Rutgers, and I mean, my God, those guys are awesome on that side. So you're gonna have to learn to pick up this week. Small Samson, yeah. right. Those guys can't miss because there's yeah. gonna be some free guys, but they're gonna have to help. So well, I think Fant- that was a big lesson learner.
0: Phantom and the tight ends to it that we talk about. Picking and helping up as much as you can there, just to get something as you're releasing out. But something that I was I was listening to, um, Josh Pay I believe CBS Sports and just a blew my mind kind of comparison between Alabama Alabama's defense and then Tennessee's offense. There, uh, let's see, Bama's defense is allowing 12.5 points per game, while the Tennessee offense is putting up 46 and 46.8. Bam is allowing 166. Tennessee's doing 340. It's just like the absolute lopsidedness. Even um, the rushing uh, defense, 84 a game for uh, allowed with, with Alabama. And then Tennessee's putting up 207 yards. But right now for me, I mean, my thought is Hinden Hooker has actually not thrown an interception the whole year. And Blake, like you said, I mean, accurate, mobile, make things happen. He's been able to do that week in and week out. Obviously, the running games come through. And so it's now it's it's the thought even at Neeland if we can avoid if the if the Vols can avoid turnovers can avoid just dumb mistakes like you're saying with with blocks and you know reducing that type of stuff I think Neeland can be you know forgiving enough to allow a turnover or something but it was interesting to see with Tennessee without the LSU game that opening fumble or muff kick you know that was a huge huge thing for LSU um, it seemed like the momentum just got sucked out from the They beginning. could never recover from it. They never yeah. – that's what it felt like for me too. Yeah, and I was just like, how much how much is Bama going to give us anywhere in the game uh, that really could set the Vols up, but how much could the Vols give that really could start the bleeding in a bad way? Because, again, like I've <laughs> – Craig's in here saying we're doing it. Chase, you don't know how. You don't know what well, your confidence. I was leaving work today, and the guy's like, dude, I think we're going to get blown out. And I'm like, hey, I feel pretty confident. So Vols fans are literally Everywhere. all over the place. Yeah. And it's like we just don't know what to do with our hands. It's that Ricky Bobby, you know, Jose and Desiree. And now we're talking about at port fest like 40 to 13. Like, can we breathe right now? Are we, are we are we good? But I feel pretty confident. I just can't believe again. We're talking about Alabama third, you know, third Saturday, in October. We could do this. But Chase, like you said a second ago, it's not the only chance it's the best of two big chances for the Vols to get projected into the conversation of obviously playoff, but even as we continue to talk about Hendon Hooker with the Heisman, because I think it was um, Michael Braxton, I believe it is. I might be thinking of the wrong person. And I just put that out there for that sake, but saying that if Hendon Hooker beats Alabama on Saturday, he is the favorite to win the Heisman. No doubt. I would agree. I would agree with that. Yeah. So just crazy to think of all these things. I just, you know, I, yeah, just <laughs> to throw yeah. that piece out there for you.
1: Because, how do you feel, Blake, on your side about like Tennessee getting out to that kind of pressure lead on LSU? There was just no coming back. How confident do you feel? Like, let's say, say Bryce, you know, I hate to put these weird percentage on it because you don't know what this really means, but Bryce is 80 90%. Do you still feel confident, like, about coming back and being able to score with Tennessee? I guess, in the manner
2: if Bryce is 80 or 90%, I think he's still better than a 100% row. I, yeah. I just do, because I don't trust Milrow to throw an accurate deep ball. Uh, Bryce, I feel like can exploit that. You mentioned the issues with Tennessee secondary. Um, that may be the biggest Achilles heel of this Tennessee team. I mean, they're giving up four 20-plus yard completions a game, which is good enough for 110th in FBS. So if you've got a quarterback who can't throw a deep ball in Milrow versus a quarterback who made a name off of it in Bryce Young, that's going to be – that's going to be really big. Um, I just think it's going to be really interesting to see, like you said, it can take just one or two plays to flip the momentum. And then all of a sudden you're on your back foot and and you can't recover from it.
0: Yeah. Yep. And even at home, I mean, I know, like you said, Reese Davis talking about Florida atmosphere on steroids. I just think um, it, it, it makes me wonder, like you're saying, like this is the first time I think the stat was the first time, or excuse me, the last time Tennessee beat Alabama was in 2006 I think it was but mm-hmm. but saving 15 to no it's just like this is the first time and it's that pressure for the for the vols you know entire fan base just to say man if we do this then we can breathe and really accept our team for what we are because at that point I mean where are the vols top three top four I mean I'll be
1: right you'll be you'll be three no later yeah and yeah. it's and it's tough because this offense, like with Tennessee, man, you're just talking about like, oh, my gosh, dude, like, you know, they can, they can score on anybody, but they add that atmosphere. They add to that atmosphere kneeling so much. You're just like, oh, my gosh, if they, you know, they're scoring 25, they're scoring 30. Like, you know, you get in those ranges. That's something Tennessee fans had not seen in a long time, brother. Like, that is tough to be able to, like, feel like you're always in it for Tennessee is the biggest thing that's come from this whole offense, is you finally feel like you can actually beat an Alabama. You can compete. And for me, I was so cautiously optimistic. I was like, is it gimmicky? Is it, can they score against, can they beat Kentucky? Can they... You know can they just score on Kentucky can they score on South Carolina and Vandy but what, what can they really score on LSU can they really score on Bama or can they really score on Georgia and now you're starting to see it because you had I mean I know what the score wound up being and that's the main point of the whole game but there was this part where they were sweating a little bit last year in in, in Tuscaloosa in the fourth quarter they had saving a little upset and you're like oh man this Tennessee, this Tennessee team has a little promise and I yeah. think that was one of the first times you're like Hmm, maybe, maybe, but then you lose a few guys, things happen. You're like, I don't know. But as, they, as the season's gone on, you're like, dang, dude, they can score on anybody. And they're, that's why they're the number one offense in the country, no yeah. doubt. The yardage, all that stuff, they're number two in most categories. But it's like, dude, they're. but Alabama's on the flip side.
0: That defense
1: is number one in so Everybody. many conference rankings and whatnot. It's like, man. This matchup is just like – it's so crazy how many good things that Alabama does, that Tennessee does bad, and so many good things Tennessee does that Alabama might not be as strong in this year. Mm-hmm. So this – like there's going to be – I think it's going to be such a close high-scoring game, to be honest with you. I think this well, is going to be – I've well got to ask a question. You. I've yeah. got to
2: ask a question. Since you guys are both longtime Tennessee fans, I know the confidence is high right now, but in the back of your mind, is that PTSD –
1: Oh yeah. It, that's it, why I, that's it. why if I had to like pick I would cuz we solution. remember
2: we remember 2016, right?
1: I would take over yeah.
2: 2016 <laughs> they were Tennessee was ranked number 9. It was a very similar thing to this and they went out and they lost by 39, which was one of the biggest losses they've ever taken in the series. So, yeah. I understand why so many people – I know I talked about my friend Joey a couple weeks ago about how he just said, I'm never going to watch another game. And then, like, <laughs> we're we're out to – you know, it was the Florida game. And, like, we're out to eat, and I look over, and I'm eating my food. I look over, and Joey's got his phone. just
0: Yeah. Yeah, yep. what are yeah, you doing, Joey? Nothing. <laughs> I, will, I will say this. Straight up, honestly, I feel very confident. And I feel that if the Vols show up and play the Vols game, which I think Hype is going to have them – Ready to go. I do want to get to Brian Hager's comment here because I think I think Neyland is going to be a big factor. But don't try and do anything different than what you have done the last five weeks. And it's the same thing. Alabama has probably more pressure on them right now to maintain. We're making the playoff. Georgia and I, you know, one of us is not going to make it because right now, I mean, if they lose twice, hypothetically speaking, to Georgia and to Tennessee, I mean, that's the first time that they've never made the playoff is that right no I think they've missed once okay okay, yeah. that's right but I mean not exactly what Nick Saban wants but but to to get to the the question here how much will Neyland Stadium contribute to the ball's success I'm curious to think back like what's the if it's a sold-out Neyland Stadium there are not many places in college football that get louder obviously the Swamp obviously the Big House you know Tons of places, but for Bryce Young, if he's to go, say he's seventy-five percent. If we're being generous, eighty or eighty-five percent. How much can the Neyland crowd and how much can that home field advantage for the Vols? Because, like you mentioned, Texas A&M and Johnny Manziel in College Station. How much can that actually factor into the contribute or into the Vols' success on Saturday? Well, I think we saw it earlier this year in Texas,
2: you know, I mean, that stadium was rocking and rolling and we had Bryce young out there and it took some last minute heroics of, uh, you know, Bryce doing what Bryce often has done and leading that last minute, last ditch drive to steal the wind at the end of the game to steal the wind at the end of the game. Um, I think it can definitely play a factor. And like you said, when, when that place is packed and when people have something to be excited about in this team, And they show up and they show out. It's going to be one of the most raucous atmospheres Alabama has played in in a very long time. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to sidetrack. I'm I'm going to say this real quick. I I just looked at the 2016 box score. I was like, man, who was on that team for Alabama? This here's here's their here's their leading rushers, dude. This makes me so mad.
0: (laughs) He's losing sleep tonight over this stuff, man.
1: Dog, Jalen Hurts, twelve carries, 132 yards. Bo Scarborough, free college athlete. Five carries, 109 yards. Now starting running back for the New England Patriots. This is one of many starting running backs. Don't you worry. 14 carries, 94 yards. Josh Jacobs had a struggling game with six carries, 38 yards. Uh, Then you had Trayvon Diggs, cornerback for the Dallas Cowboys, was their fourth leading receiver. Calvin Ridley, O.J. Howard. Dude, oh my gosh, that just makes me so mad. How how much stud talent's over there? Anyways, yeah, that's wild. But this, this Saturday is gonna be different because once again, like I, I'm, I'll agree with Craig that there was a something about that team in sixteen where no matter what, you didn't trust the coaching. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it on Monday, Trey is like this is the first time you've had a coach that I mean, you can if you want to go as barren bro as it is, like he's got a sack on him, you know, he's gonna do some stuff, like he's gonna make sure he's gonna, but as I was talking about my little brother, like he's he's a he's got a little bit of sneaky crazy in him. <laughs> and what I mean by that is he's the kind of guy, he's watching film, he's coming up with plays on a napkin. He's gonna throw in a he's gonna throw in a read option. We had done that, you know. Then all of a sudden Tennessee runs a read option with Samson and you're like, oh this boy's gets creative, Get Yeah. creative fast. And so there's going to be tips and tricks where I just never thought Butch really, really implemented that. And when you look back on that season more and more, you're like, man, if it wasn't for Josh Dobbs, holy moly. Yeah, But I will say we were high on that team t- overall talent-wise. But I like Brew. I like Hyatt. There's a lot of good players on this team. But you knew on that 16 team, you're like, these guys are NFL players. Yeah. It doesn't really, really feel like that all the time. Like, you know, I think Huger's going to go in and probably be a good backup. As of right now, maybe he grows and progresses and does all the right things. Brew probably will somewhere. He and Hyatt might get some playing time. But you don't really feel like there's just any stud NFL players on this
0: Tennessee roster right now. That's, um, hold on. So, Sorry, I'm, I'm like biting my tongue here. You, you finish because I, I want to just throw a, a theory out there when you're done
1: yeah, go ahead. Okay. And then, so, yeah, it's just one of those things that this team, you feel like it's just so well coached for the first time in a long time that that gives you a chance in a different
0: way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think guys like Brew McCoy, like ever ever since he you know got approved as far as transferring in. Joke. That took forever. But like Steven Snyder's saying, like he he took over two games. Like, Again, he was mm-hmm. a big player. And as far as his size, I think guys like him, I don't know if, if, if Hendon Hooker would be more than a backup at this point in time. Um, but guys like brew i could see sneaking in and you know getting a roster spot and you know being a solid contributor and yeah. maybe more but i would totally like not even to compare what you're saying as far as alabama just having like straight up high school number one guys college oh gosh, dude. NFL draft picks in the first round like you know it's just that's a different breed of human and we're not we we can't even touch the garments but uh yeah just i think tennessee has the talent to go out there and the ability, especially creatively, with with Heupel, and that's the that's the one thing too. I think a lot of people are just you know hanging it on Hendon Hooker and what the offense can do. Not not saying how much hypo is probably really influencing and impacting the 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 way it's getting done. So, any other yeah. thoughts before we move on from from Bama, Tennessee? I just want
1: to say like you know if that's another part of the wide receiver. Like it doesn't sound like Tillman's coming back. Just to be hundred percent honest, but if he were to that's another factor that would just be so, so monstrous. Yeah. Because I love brew. I love high. Like those dudes add a element, but when you, when those are your second and third guys, Holy moly, dude, that's a, that's another problem. Cause Tillman's one of the best wide receivers in the sec, if not the country mm-hmm. when healthy, when healthy. Um, so adding that to it, you're like, dang, but if I were to take a bet, I would probably take, Bam minus six and a half. You guys <laughs> yeah. want you guys have any score predictions? You want to go to We've got to do predictions. Right? predictions. I'm I'm yeah. I,
2: I wrote a whole thing that, to do a Corso style. Oh, prediction. you got it.
1: Oh, so I'm going play. last. I'm all going. right, yeah, You <laughs> save, save for last.
0: Uh I I do agree as far as I think today I saw it at minus seven for Alabama. I think that you gotta take that all day. Just just because the likelihood that the vols. I'll say this: it's it's more likely for the for Bama to go in and be Bama this week and just make the statement. But that would be a lot. Uh, with that said, if I were to be betting and as a non fan, I would bet that that minus seven or six and a half. I think the Vols are going to have a shootout. I think it's going to be high thirties, maybe low forties, and maybe the Vols win by a touchdown or you know touchdown and a half. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say. Vols, let's say Vols 40, Alabama 37. And c- big, big orange country for my guy, Gavin, down here. Let's ride. Let's go, baby. How do you feel about it, Blake? Uh, oh,
1: yeah, okay. I'll, go, I'll go, yeah. <laughs> there is, there's like, there's obviously the angel and the devil on the shoulder type of deal right now. Because there, this actually is like, I mean, no, I'm not being a homer, but there is, you def. everybody can see a path where Tennessee can win this game. Yeah. And I, and I don't know if you want to do like the out of 10 thing. I, I legit think Tennessee can win probably four out of 10 times, maybe five. It's close. I think it's pretty close. Um, but fuck it. Uh, balls. <laughs> 42-35.
2: <laughs> I, I'm doing the Corso thing. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It's one of the best TV clips of all time. He had to come back and apologize during the commercial break. I said something that I shouldn't have said. (laughs) I'm very sorry. Kurt's face.
0: (laughs) All right, Blake, the stage is yours.
2: So, now I'm not going to do the Corso voice. Nobody can do it better than Corso, but I'd be like, good pick, good pick. (laughs) Um, Do you know how long it's been since Tennessee beat Alabama? I mean – it's been five thousand eight hundred and thirty-six days. All right. Do you know what's happened? Do you know what was going on five thousand eight hundred and thirty-six days ago. Nobody, nobody has ever been able to text somebody on their iPhone and say Tennessee beat Alabama today. Hmm. Maybe on the, maybe on their Motorola Razor, which was the most popular phone at the time before that. Um, you didn't talk about it on Facebook because it was MySpace. Um, apps were only available at Chili's and Applebee's. Um, the most no, popular yeah. song was Sexy Back. Hannah Montana was was debuting with 14-year-old Miley Cyrus. For God's sake, we were still building VCRs in the United States. <laughs> I looked all of this up. It's true. I'm not making any of it up. You had Pete Carroll coaching at USC. You had Joe Pott at Penn State and Bobby <laughs> Bowden at Florida State. Alabama only had 12 national championships. shows. My God. No. Rough. And we mentioned Jalen Hurts earlier. Jalen Hurts was graduating the last time that um, Tennessee beat Alabama. He was graduating elementary school at age eight.
0: <laughs> That's heartbreaking. I'm saying.
2: Nick Saban, is, Nick Saban is 15 for 15. I know that there's pressure on both sides. I know that everybody – this is a do or die game. Tennessee's got their best chance in a long time. Do I think they're going to do it? <laughs> Oh, now, it's going to be close, but I see Alabama winning this one,
0: 38-31. Bravo. Good show. Touche. Touche.
1: All right, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Okay. Shout out to BCRs.
0: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Dude, that Lord one got me. Not... Remember BCRs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out to BCRs. That was like yesterday. I mean, that was – I mean, like you said earlier, I mean, the shoe, that was the shoe layer before, you know. I remember – I may have been that game. I legitimately was that Neyland, right? The last time the Vols won, 0-6, yeah. John Parker Wilson might have been the, the quarterback, mm, maybe? Um, Yeah, but my buddy Reagan and I went to that game, sat in the student section, and had a great time. <laughs> Wasn't <laughs> Ainge the quarterback at Tennessee when that happened? No, oh, oh. he got
1: bu- he got bumped for Clawson. Huh. Yeah, rough. It was supposed to, it was Ainge's freshman year. And it was supposed okay. to be him. And he got bumped. And, you know, obviously went on later on to be a pretty dang sure. good quarterback. But, yeah, he got he got bumped that game. Uh, well, one
2: more thing I will say before we move on, because I know we got other things to talk about. One thing that Alabama did last week in the Texas A&M game that they had not done before and could have been a difference. You notice later in that game there was more and more pressure coming after Texas A&M. They have not been putting Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, and Chris Braswell out there at the same time. They they weren't. They put them all out there at one time instead of rotating them, and they're calling it their cheetah package because it's all speed. And that that trio caused 28 pressures last week. So Tennessee has got their work cut out for them
0: to slow down that pass rush. Yeah, not to spin this whole thing back open again, but how much do you think Tennessee can do against Alabama's front as far as their offensive line chase?
1: Oh, Uh, honestly, if we get if Mincy's healthy. It's, it's, you're not going to, Will Anderson's best, like I said it earlier, he's the best player in college football and it's playing on him close. That's okay mm-hmm. to say. He'll be, you know, probably the best player in the draft next year, all that stuff. And that whole front, that cheetah package is nasty dog. And it's not only just speed, there's those guys have freak strength. Those are the, those, are those nasty athletes that, you know, run yeah. the mid fours, run the mid fours, deadlift, you know, your car. They do all that stuff. But Tennessee, that front is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. The quick scheme stuff. I think they're going to throw out a lot of bubble screen stuff, which that caused to leak out, which that's, which that's what's hot and bruised done so well this year. Mm-hmm. They, they'll fake
0: it, leak you out. That's going to be a huge problem. Can I just say something with that? Cause yeah. they've done it really freaking well, really well. I and mean, I don't think people understand how hard it is as far as timing and steps and offensive line and receivers moving to – it's like there are so many things moving, and, I mean, these guys aren't just getting through because they're these huge blocks. They're maneuvering themselves through the blocks and getting some yards. So just a thought there as far as that. But I did want to ask Chase, like, what can the Vols do defensively as far as putting pressure on if it's Bryce, you know, or whomever the quarterback is on side. Saturday?
1: That, uh, that's another part about last week that it gave you confidence in a weird way because you finally found a pass rush that's nasty. And like the run defense has obviously become what it is, but they're they're gonna have to play as as good or better than they did last week and really terrorize them because that's gonna be the integral part is if Bryce is not fully healthy, he's not he's not as quick as Rowe. he's not that super super athlete. He can he can he can move though. He can move, so you're gonna have to like not break that contain. But if Byron Young can get after Bryce, then man, you're gonna have you're gonna have a good day as a Tennessee Vol because. You can't give him time to let him dissect that secondary. That's the biggest worry. That's your biggest worry, and also just you can't let him leak out too much and get those get get Gibbs out there in the flat and start letting him work at linebackers. So everything has to come into play. That front is the key to this game. The number honestly, it's that that front seven, guarding Gibbs, getting after Bryce Young or Milrow because I think they're going to do a double dip. I think that's how they're going to be. I think they're going to run some. Tennessee, and I think they're going to play Bryce some too. Um, it's going to have to be a big day for that front seven, man. Big yeah.
0: day, yeah. I, I cannot wait, I'm very confident. Um, I I need clarification whatever. what does that even mean? Oh, <laughs> it reminds me so much of a bear on game day. I In guess <laughs> Bear's the guy giving all the stats in the in the in the I mean you're killing Okay, okay. Give maybe that, maybe, give maybe. That, give you that. I, I don't pay that, that much attention to
2: Bear. Like I'm I don't tune into game day normally to the last fifteen minutes <laughs> to see the picks. And I just know Bear is the annoying guy off to the side, like showing his picks on the little magnet board. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> it's like a bear. Oh.
0: So I think Blake sometimes he'll just black out and he'll start talking about VCRs and all the stats and he'll just he'll come back to us sounding like a genius, but but I really no, killed um, you guys with the VCR reference. I wasn't counting on that.
1: That was a good one. Uh, I saw the gu- another good one was like, well, you didn't do anything and you couldn't like download your videos, but you could go rent Nacho Libre at Blockbuster. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love it.
1: And, oh. and I will say, I'll give Gavin this. I, I love Brock Bowers, dog. Wait till you watch Will Anderson really? on Saturday because we're going to double, we're going to chip him, we're going to do all that stuff, we're going to have a running back, we're going to have a tight end. Yeah. We're going to have a left tackle, right tackle, whoever the hell we're going to put on him. Still ain't going to slow that man down. He's got one of their only two picks. There you go. There's some clear some. I appreciate players. it, Kevin. I, do, I really do. I just, it's I the was, intelligence part. He's I was talking about you. the size of the look. I was be,
2: like, the bear is three of me.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Easily. Yeah, easy.
0: All right, let's, uh, let's jump into some NFL because obviously the Tennessee Titans are off this week. Uh, tons happening, though across the NFL, biggest game in my mind, and you guys tell me what you think. Obviously, Bill's Chiefs looking pretty, pretty dope right now, but before we deep dive into some NFL conversation, let's hit some Tennessee Titans, because the talk of the town this week is as though the Tennessee Titans are going to become the hyenas, if you will, of, of the <laughs> the Panthers, just a corpse riding there in, in the the Shadowlands, if you want to go along with the Lion King reference, but... I mean, what? Because I, I did see an article from, uh, I believe it was Titans Wire, that kind of, you know, seven different people the Titans could go after. Which there are some options as far as addressing, you know, bigger issue needs. Obviously, DJ Moore is the is the big name. And if you're watching live with us, tell us your thoughts. DJ Moore to the Titans, yes or no? Because some people out here are saying this is it makes sense. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole shebang. And my thing is, and we can talk about this for days because I'm I'm kind of on this stink right now, but. Blake, I mean, what are your thoughts logistically, financially, you know, all of it? Does it make sense for the Titans to pursue? And is it is it actually feasible and doable for the Titans to land him via trade? When is the last time you saw Tennessee
2: make an end season move? Uh, I mean, we're I would I would love for us to go out and make some kind of a big splash move, but If I've seen anything from this franchise, is that they're going to keep doing the same thing. They're going to keep following the process. I think he would be a good fit. Do I think they actually do it? No. Um, I I don't think they do, just because they don't like to make these flashy in-season moves. They would rather you know do these things during the off season and more often than not unfortunately they haven't quite worked out mm-hmm. um and i know we'll talk more about that as we get farther into the season as far as first round draft picks and and such i think i still think we need to do what the rams do and that is just not have any first round draft picks for john robinson to waste
1: yeah <laughs> there you go just trade <laughs> them all away and get Probably guys top. like o'dell and- but i mean so- is that working
0: for la you think right now i mean cuz I, I their offensive line i feel like we have offensive <laughs> They make me feel like we're that family where it's like, hey, we're, we're not so bad over here. But just to say that facetiously, I do think that, uh, yeah. Chase, what do you think about DJ More And I can kind of get into some more thoughts as far as moves and what the Titans really are. So with DJ, I've been thinking about it all
1: week. Like, There's parts I like, I get it. And it would be a nice little core of him, Burks, Woods, uh, and A to Z sports did a really good job of breaking down the cap part of it where the numbers looked really high, but they're paying a big portion of that anyways. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it would be one of those like two or three years, two or three years down the road. You have to be really paying some money, but you don't have to pay any of the signing bonus stuff. Um This year, he's only he's already down to like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. There's parts of it I like. Yeah. And. DJ's pretty good. And maybe it's almost like a, you know, like pick up your your slack from missing out on AJ and not making that work. I don't think he's nearly the talent. I think he's a whole tier two below AJ. I think he's, but I think DJ's good. He would be our number one in a way. Um, but if you're looking to the future, DJ's pretty decently young, I think.
0: He's 20 25 right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. so pretty young. And if you're going <laughs> to go make Malik your starter, I don't know. Like, I mean, that next year, I guess is what I'm saying, I think Tenniel's obviously going to start the rest of this year. But next year, why not give him a good starting young core? So I've, I've, I've flip flopped. I was like, why would we get DJ? But if the cap hits not going to be nearly as bad as I thought, like, because we were looking at it on Monday, I thought it was, like, I was yeah. like, oh my God, 15, 23, 20. Goodness gracious. No way for DJ Moore but if that's downgraded as much as A to z made it look like and they did a really good job with their cat I'd go look at that article. I don't I don't have all the numbers in front of me but yeah. it's it's good. It's a really good breakdown of that. So I look at it from a lo- like a medium term perspective, I kind of like it. It just depends on if it's too much. Like I don't want to give up like two fur- I don't want to give him the who like the whoever package you want to give up. I'm not going to give up crazy numbers for it. Yeah. But right. I'm not going to give the Tyree Kill package. There you go. Yeah. But I would give up something for him.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think uh did want to bring Brian Brian's comment here as far as Adrian Peterson was an in the season move after Henry was hurt. I believe that's the case, which I I think right now, given Traylon Burks going to IR, they're just their current standing as it is right now. Um, you know, they could use all the help that they can get as long as it makes sense. I do like the idea, even <clears throat> even if it were that fifteen million dollar range, you know, tag or whatnot, and, and next year and beyond. The guys put up three eleven, you know, 1100 yard seasons, I believe it is. Um, mm-hmm. Four touchdowns in those seasons as well. I mean, you're getting receptions. And I think for guys, you know, the people were talking about, you know, he's 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 been more productive. He's been more consistent. He's been on the field more than A.J. Brown. So you're, you're potentially getting that back. And you're already trying to get some of that back with Traylon Burks. So, again, like the compensation part of it as far as draft capital, and there's a lot of teams. A lot of teams are talking about needing receivers. And OBJ's in that conversation as well. He's also one of those guys that you can p- potentially see uh, you know, pop up. But it's got to make sense for me because I don't know that I trust John Robinson enough in this current scenario for the Titans. The context being we're potentially going to make the playoffs, make a push, and then there's going to be a big drop-off of of talent going to free up a bunch of cash. And I think you either lean into that rebuild or you set yourself up to try and free up as much cash as possible. So whenever that capital or that the draft, or excuse me, salary cap jumps up, you have all the young guys that you already have on this roster, but you have the ability to go out and sign some guys and you're not completely dropping off where I know some folks are saying, Henry could stick around a little bit longer if the money side of it makes sense. Lawan and, and Tannehill are obviously gone, but I don't know that you can just, you know, put the farm on the table, not literally, or even to that degree, but you can't put that much on the table for DJ Moore, knowing what we're about to walk into on the other side of this, of this year, you know, because I, I genuinely think, and I don't want to be the, the, the Titan, the negative Titan or whatever you want to say, just like the realist in me is saying like this team is a team that looks to be a wild card, maybe division, you know, champion first round playoff exit team. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's, I don't want to see them because you got to think, I mean, offensive line, right. we, we got to, and that's the thing. Like how do you rebuild whenever the confidence in the GM right now is that shot? You know, so do you go through the do you go through the trade route and do you change it up like Brian saying Brian Hager as far as Adrian Peterson they lost Henry then they made that move we're losing receivers and we can't waste Henry because of this offense and its cyclical nature where you can't run the ball if you can't throw the ball kind of thing so yeah, yeah. that's
1: the tough part is and Jerome two tone Jerome over here worst Same. offensive line in the in the league I don't know man there's there's some bad ones dude if you watch if you watch The Los Angeles Rams. Oh, dude, it's so bad. It's so bad out there in LA. Uh, Yeah, like you said, Trey, it's just, there's just so much. It's a, and it's a weird, it's a weird shakiness. Don't y'all think about this J Rob thing that he's given us such hope that now we have, like, because we're not making for sure playoff runs and whatnot, that now it's like, eh, we got a standard now. He's not getting
0: up to it. Well, it's, I think to the, um, the, re- the reality that we just won three games in a row after going, oh, you know, and now the Giants are, you know, yeah. than NFC East. Like, what are we really looking at as far as this team? I feel like we know what the issues are, but we're able to – and again, I, I don't know. I hate to be this dude. If Vrabel's on that sideline for this Titans team, never say never in my mind because we've yeah. seen them do some crazy shit and just overcome some big gaping hole issues on these, on the rosters – it's just crazy to think, what if the GM actually brought him some top-tier talent and was utilizing the cap money properly and not, you know, just because we talked about it Monday. They're literally setting on fire $18 million this year with awesome. Oh, my Hooper God. And, and, yeah, I, I don't want to take the whole stage here, but it's just like, come on, J-Rob. Like, the reason we're in this boat is for nobody else, and there's no other problem. There's no other reason. Maybe injuries to LaWam, we can say that kind of stuff. Yeah, but John Robinson is the reason that we are in this spot right now, and it's like I think we're all on the same page there, and and yeah, and being negative one to the second round exit. Yep, maybe that's, but that's still kind of a high ceiling to hope for, right? Yeah, that's
1: that's like that's our high ceiling. It's like we we do that Titans thing. We beat someone we're not we're not supposed to, and then, then we know? get our teeth in. like and right. then we get our yeah then we get our teeth kicked in by a good team like Buffalo again. Yep, so. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird because, like, there's this is the gray area, and not to be unsports like show here, but, like, I'm not going to just be like, okay, yeah, well, I'm sticking to one side because I'm also the guy that thinks that J-Rob built us to this standard. True. But also, dude, you talk about, I mean, like we said Monday, whiffing, like, legit. Guys don't even come to the plate. They're staying in the dugout. Like, Isaiah Wilson didn't even make it to the game. Yep. Bro. Didn't even show up. You got to one yeah, game. He got. He got, yeah, yeah, he got to. Steps. He got to go do a little batting practice for one game. It's like, nah, it's good. It's hot out here. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I, what do you think, Blake?
2: I, it's. I'm just glad that we're able to have discussions like this because we're not that far removed from like just fully expecting to never make the playoffs at any given time. And they were so long that we just weren't competing like we were getting our butts kicked by our divisional opponents and not ever winning big games and just these past few years have just really turned it around i mean i i like that we're disappointed by not making it farther in the playoffs as opposed to disappointed that we didn't make the playoffs again Mm -hmm. um still some i i'm going to be very interested after the bye To see how many of those missing pieces are able to come back that we've been missing due to injury. Now Burks is still going to be out for until the Chiefs game, Um, but some of those pieces on defense we might be getting back. Um, You know, I know Monty Rice is on the return list, and you know uh, Moldman has been out. Um, Dupree, yeah. So Dupree, it was like daylight and dark when he got hurt and went out of that game. That is when Matt Ryan started just throwing it all over the place because he had no pressure. Mm-hmm. um so having that threat back out there and hoping that he can stay healthy i think will be a big thing um as far as like where this team ends up this year
0: yeah i'm, I'm excited though as far as what they can do from the bye week just because i know obviously whew, if carson Wentz had beaten this team we'd be having a completely different conversation Sell the farm it's bad Burn it but, down. It,
1: we're moving cities bringing yeah. chattanooga
0: and, and the other concern for me in the AFC right now is there are some good teams that are budding and kind of showing themselves. The Dolphins are in there. The whole, you know, a- AFC East is, you know, from – we still don't know 100% what a lot of these teams are as far as the outright good or the outright bad or who's – what's the breakdown in the middle. But right now, if, if you told me after that Giants loss, the Titans will be 12th, roughly 12th on power rankings – you know, uh, I don't know where we're sitting actually in the division right now. I don't know if we're officially in first, but we are. We are. Yeah, yeah. Texans. Or excuse me, Texans. What beat the Jags last week, and the Colts and the Jags play this weekend. So it's like we're gonna we're gonna see some things shift, and hopefully mm-hmm. it's in the Titans' favor. But I mean, pillow fight of the week. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, but well,
1: tonight tonight would to actually might be the pillow fight of the week. That's true. Yeah, Bears and Commanders. I oh, <laughs> couldn't
0: even do it, man. Yeah. Uh, oh. But Chase, you mentioned a second ago. Um, damn, I just lost my thought. Anyways, um,
1: <laughs> get that train back on tracks, baby. Yeah, I'm
0: trying here, but we'll we'll see what happens. No, but I, I, do, I, feel, good I do feel I do feel AFC wise the Titans if they're gonna get there if they're gonna do something with DJ Moore and I could go at Gavin right now pretty hard because he's saying who is you know who is DJ Moore? DJ Moore's a guy that has put up more stats than our beloved AJ Brown, who doesn't want us anymore. You know, it's like there's talent. It's 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 slim pickings out there. We know that. Yeah, at the end of the day, I'm I'm gonna get off that soapbox, but um, but yeah, you
1: know, no Duval shirt, no nothing yet, Gavin, nothing yet. We'll get it. We'll make it happen, though. I'll get it for him. Jags week.
2: Now talking about some of the other games, the Q has a really good question. Yeah,
1: uh, that's I was gonna go to that next.
2: Yeah, bigger game this weekend. Dallas and Philly or Buffalo, KC. That is a very good argument. Dude, this made. is
1: a good good weekend for big games. Uh that's a tough one. Uh, I just keep
0: obviously. thinking about Cooper Rush, or is that is it Connor Rush or Cooper Rush? Cooper. Cooper. Okay, I was what I'm saying.
1: Oh yeah, even even more white
0: guy name. Yeah, just uh. like <laughs> this guy's making this game a a conversation piece. Like obviously, I mean, in division rivalry right there as far as Philly and the you know Philly and Dallas that goes way back. But if I'm looking at that game, I'm looking at Buffalo Kansas City from last year's playoff. I'm not going to give my thoughts just yet, but I mean, that's it right there. That's, that's fantastic. That's as good as, I mean, for the college this weekend with some of these games with Tennessee and Penn state and Michigan and all that, that's a killer right there. I will say this, uh, oh, man,
1: this is, uh, it's actually tougher than I thought. Like I'm thinking about it because Philly Dallas is Sunday night football. Um, it's a fight for that division, weirdly enough. And the, you know, Dallas is a real contender. And Cooper's not putting up these crazy stats, but he's doing all the right things and he's it plays into the game plan better. That's what's Dude. weird. It's like they're getting the ball to their two stud running backs and doing the damn thing. And their defense is oh my god, so good. Micah Parsons, he's an, he's on a level. Um but slot edge going to KC Buffalo because that is going to be a fantastic game cuz I think I don't know if you guys saw it looked like Patty Mahomes got a little ticked off last week. Yeah, what, what was that about? See
0: he's he screaming at a teammate uh, or uh,
1: no, oh uh what's the defensive end for so good for uh the Raiders? Uh tattoo oh, tats- uh, Crosby. Crosby. Yeah, Mason Crosby. Uh and so Max Crosby, not Mason. Mason's the kicker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Max Crosby. He uh he got after him a little bit. I think he was coming for him, you know, and he you know. Talks a little shit. He does a little, yeah. does his stuff. And so they were having a little fun, but I think, uh, I think got heated. I think it was a good division rivalry game. And that game had it all. Mm-hmm. It was a fun one to watch. But, um, yeah, I think, I think Patty knows what these implications are. And I think Josh Allen, those Buffalo Bills really want this one. I think this is going to be another really good game. Yeah. I think this is going to be a shootout. Uh, so slide edge for me, Buffalo KC. I,
0: I do want to talk on just, I don't know how long we want to stay on here because, conversations there, but obviously heated conversation between a defensive end and the quarterback. Obviously Jerome Boger is infamous all the more right now for the Tom Brady. I mean, the whole thing that we talked about Monday, but it happened again. Yeah. yeah, And it continues to happen. And it's like, what does the NFL do? But in a game, like either one of these games for the fact that these calls like that can have the outcome against for the bucks and the Falcons down to the wire. I'm just sitting here thinking like, I, that's what I don't want to see. I want to see them be able to show up. Yeah, they're going to have some calls and things, but let's let the damn boys play kind of thing. Um, you know what? I don't know. I definitely think Buffalo and, and KC is sexier, but I, I won't be shocked if, if Dallas and the Eagles just have a just slobber knocker style mm-hmm. football game. And I think I'll be I'll be more intrigued to watch it because – there is a little bit of that new age football with Buffalo and Kansas City where it's just straight up fireworks. And did Gabe Davis's – did y'all see Gabe Davis's touchdown last week where he caught it one hand? I forget who the DB was. He had it wrapped up, and then Gabe Davis ripped it out of his hands, like all in the matter of like – and he had the ball. Gabe Davis, what? two, three.
1: two, three monster touchdown kids? Oh, my gosh, dude. It's, it's incredible. But,
0: But, yeah, as far as my philosophy, I would probably pick Dallas-Philly just for the sake of – kind of game scheme and chess versus the, uh, just the sexier pick, but mm. D- did you give your thought, Blake? I don't know. I don't I'm sitting
2: here thinking about it. I'm leading Dallas, Philadelphia, and it's mainly, I don't know who the Kansas city chiefs are right now. Like we have gotten used to them being this powerhouse over the past two seasons. And this year it's almost like they don't know who they are. I mean, they come out of the gate, they whip the Cardinals. Okay. As expected. And then they, Barely squeaked by the Chargers, which the Chargers are an improved team, but but still, you expect more. Then they come out and lose to the Colts. Yeah. Okay, that, that's interesting. It's like, okay, maybe they're not as good as we think they are. Then they go to Tampa Bay and they beat the Bucks. Okay, maybe they're better. And then they squeak out a one-point win against the Raiders, who we beat. I, I don't know. It's like Kansas City is going through a bit of an identity crisis right now, and I'm not sure how to feel about it. Um I I think it's really cool that, you know, Philly is the last undefeated team in the NFL, if memory mm-hmm. serves. Yeah. Um, and you know, playing Dallas in a divisional game in a rivalry that's gone for a long time. I mean, there's some new fire being injected into that rivalry. So I think I have to get the give the edge to Dallas Philly.
0: I dig it. I dig it.
1: Yeah. Especially with Jalen becoming honestly one of the funnest quarterbacks to watch too now. I mean Taken to a holy level. I, uh, I just, it's, it's been so much fun to watch them. I don't like it, but AJ looks really good up there. It kind of works. Um, but yeah, and KC, that's another part, that you don't know. But also, the Buffalo Bills have kind of been a little bit of the same way. So it's very, there's no true, true, true dominant team right now, in the, especially in the AFC. So it's going to be a good weekend of foosball, boys. We don't have to worry yeah. about uh, no Titans freaking. Hard tax. That's good. Yeah. Almost
2: happy. happy uh, don't stress about the Titans day. It only happens once a year. And just like that, <laughs>
1: antidepressants for Tennessee fans go down on Sunday. Sponsored
2: yeah. by Genoa Pharmacy.
0: Well, you guys, yeah. not got a, a question pharmacist. as we close. I got a question. And I have a thought, cause there's a few topics I want to cover here, but we have a new segment here for everyone. That's, that's new watching with us or listening. Uh, we tried it on Monday. We t- we happen to like it. Give us your thoughts because guys, one of my favorite things, obviously, we're probably going to jump off here, finish the rest of this pillow fight that we're talking about with, with Prime. Kirk Herbstreit and Al Michaels have become probably my favorite announcers. And maybe it's just the, the newness. Maybe the Romo stuff has kind of worn off its shine. But do y'all want some more of these Prime announcers, or am I the only one that freaking loves the duo here with Kirk Herbstreit and Al Michaels?
2: I love it. I, I, I love that it's legendary Al Michaels, who has had a part in so many iconic calls. I could listen to him read the phone book. And then you have the energy of Kirk Herbstreet from the college football world. I I think it's a, I think it's fantastic. I I will listen to them call any game. You're not alone in that. Love it. Uh,
1: it's all right. I'll say that. And I, I, I like Herbie and I like Al, but I don't, I don't really know if I love them together because last week was tough. You could definitely tell Herbie was just like trying to give the energy and Al Michaels was like, this is the worst game I've ever fucking watched, yeah. you know? And Herbie's like trying to be all enthusiastic and I was like, this blows, you know, like yeah. he's just like, you know, he had a little bit of old man. I'm not taking this crap tonight. I would have and loved seen
2: being I, Cosell in that situation.
1: Yeah, dude. Oh my gosh. I like, I like both of them separately. And I think they've got a little ways to go and there's some, there's some fun things. I kind of the, honestly, the only reason I kind of want to watch now tonight was just to see, does Al step up and be continue his? This is a terrible game. Yeah, this is bad football. I can't believe where we get. These are Thursday night games now, uh. But and especially with Sunday night football, and then Monday, man, with with Buck and and Troy, dude, yeah. it's so good. So it's all right. But it's not my favorite. I yeah. say I want Herbie on Saturdays, personally. I will say from this
0: perspective. for her for Herb Street to come from college, and in my mind, I'm thinking this guy's only speaking at this level with with college football. But for him to jump up, obviously, yeah, like Brian said, Al has to educate Herb on some Herb, not Herb, <laughs> <laughs> some uh, NFL history. But what I love about it is, I mean, and this is kind of that Peyton Manning and Eli thing now. It's like two fans watching the game where Eli. And and obviously that continuity goes back decades, but I'm sure Alan and and Kirk will take some time. Um, <laughs> I did want to bring one up here and ask you guys if you want some of this. It's one of my favorite things I saw this whole week. But I found an article where a California man is suing Texas Pete hot sauce for false advertisement because Texas Pete hot sauce is actually a bottled is a is bottling their their sauces in the state of North Carolina, and I don't know if you guys like that or if you want more of that. But I find that to be a complete trash move by this California guy. Just like reading through, I don't know what, the phone book or through the white pages online to find somebody to go after for a lawsuit. What? I I hate it. I hate everything about it. it.
1: But give me some more of those people that go out there for that research though, baby. That's hard work. That's hard work. Give me some more of the grind, but don't give me more of the
0: lawsuits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just I was blown away by the fact that somebody's just you know got that kind of time. <laughs> Anyways, we're we're over here. Obviously, I think we're gonna skip our last point, Chase, just for the sake. Yeah, of yeah, God. yeah. Let's, let's, let's let it ride. Let's <laughs> let it ride. But uh, yeah, hey, people can try and find a dollar, man. Got to got to respect the hustle. Hey, just do it 20 with twenty bucks,
1: baby.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, just remember that next time you see a silly warning on a package, or the next time you seriously watch any drug commercial now, and it'll say. Try Allegra for your allergies. Warning, do not take if you are allergic to Allegra or any of its components. Because somebody at some point has sued them for being allergic to it when they knew because they weren't told. Or do not iron clothes while on body on on an iron. Well, you know the reason why. Somebody did it, and -hmm. somebody probably (laughs)
0: successfully sued them for it. What's wrong with that? I mean, come on. This is efficiency right here. Just like. Yeah. Got a couple of marks. We're okay. Yeah, there's just a huge
1: iron mark where I have. You can see my whole body. That's great
0: oh man all right fellas uh excited for this week and obviously if you're new to us chat 10 sports check us out obviously subscribe rate wherever you're watching if you're watching on YouTube hit the thumbs up turn on subscriptions turn on all the bells everything there follow on Twitter Facebook instagram anywhere you got it we'll be here Monday 8 30 p.m Eastern standard time I didn't see I didn't see Kevin's comment let's give us a space Winnebago motors home too I put up in there owner's manual <laughs> that cruise control will not drive itself <laughs> millions love it Amazing. Oh, all right, love it you have it, a good man. night and uh appreciate it fellas all right good See balls